Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. I take this opportunity to welcome every one of you to the CDM Annual Retreat 2020 in Jesus' name. This year, we want to look back look into the present and look into the future. We desire to improve the quality and the quantity of disciples that we are making. Before our Lord Jesus Christ left this earth, He gave us a mandate in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you to the close of the age. And he himself demonstrated it in his three and a half year of ministry by just concentrating on disciple making. Jesus had no other plan, no other method, no other strategy except to make disciples. And it is clear to all of us in CDM, the Christ-like disciple makers movement, that our commitment to finishing the task of world evangelism can only succeed if we attract disciple makers by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit. So, for the three mornings, this morning, tomorrow morning, and Saturday, I will address the quality of disciples we are making. In the evenings, I will address the quantity of disciples we are making. So that we can have what took place in the Acts of Apostles. I want us to read Acts chapter 6. We shall read verse 1. We shall read verse 3. We shall read verse 5, and we shall read verse 7. Verse 1, verse 3, verse 5, and verse 7. Acts chapter 6, verse 1, first of all. After Jesus left, 
the number of people who were left waiting in the upper room was 120. So on the day of Pentecost, these 120 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then, they started ministering. And 3,000 people were baptized that day and added to them. So, their number became 3,120. Now, after the healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate, the Bible says the number of men rose to 5,000 in Acts chapter 4, verse 4. Then in Acts chapter 5, from verse 14, we are told great multitudes started coming, both in Jerusalem and from the villages that were around. But in Acts chapter 6, we are told that the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Yes, let's read Acts 6. We are reading verse 1. We are reading verse 3. We are reading verse 5 and verse 7. Acts chapter 6 from verse 1. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing... The Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The number of disciples kept increasing. This means the apostles heard Jesus. Jesus said, make disciples. They did not just take church members. They made disciples. And the number of disciples kept increasing. Yes. Verse 3. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you yes. who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. The apostles called the multitude and said, you know what? Look among yourselves. Choose disciples. You are all disciples. But choose from among yourselves disciples who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom so that we will put them in charge of this job. This proposal pleased the whole group. Yes. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Yes. The Holy Spirit. Also Philip, um, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And they chose Philip, Nicanor, Parmenas. There were disciples who were strong enough to choose from. Notice that. That is not the time they sent them to Bible college to prepare them. 
they were already there in the midst of the people. And the story of Stephen is that he was chosen to serve tables, but he was the first to die for Jesus. And the very next chapter after his death, they tell us the story of Philip the evangelist, who had become such a crack evangelist that heaven to send him, he went to Samaria, nobody organized a crusade for him and started ministry, church planting, healing the sick and then heaven took him to the Ethiopian eunuch. They give us the stories of only two of the crack that the apostles were able to mold. These people were not in Jesus' ministry. Stephen and Philip were direct disciples of the early church. It means the quality of disciples that the apostles made was such that even they were not the first to die for Jesus. Their disciples were so tough, they, they led the church and died first. So the word of God spread. The word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. The word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Did you hear that? A large number of Jewish Levitical priests became obedient to the faith. Wow. Wow. The, the, the cream of Israel was the priesthood. Anything that touched the priesthood, you must know it has touched the whole Israel. Jesus chose fishermen, <laughs> ordinary common men. Acts 4.13 says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and knew that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they were, the Greek word is idiota, idiots, untrained, unschooled idiots. Jesus picked them, fisherman, fisherman, tax collector, come, and they were with Jesus. And in three and a half years, you see, People could see the impact and take knowledge they have been with Jesus. So when you see Stephen, you see Philip, you take knowledge that they have been with Peter and the other apostles. Now, these people have managed to penetrate the Jewish ironic priesthood. And priests were getting converted and being discipled. Wow. So the quality of disciples toughens. Today, it's difficult to find a Christian discipling a prostitute, a drug addict, a, a chief, a fetish priest. Why? The quality of disciples we are producing as a church is shamefully low. This means Christianity has been in Ghana for over 200 years, but our chieftaincy is not touched. 
these things. Look at our Sunday schools. Every Sunday, we carry our children to Sunday school. But the statistics I know in Ghana, I don't know the new one, but the old one which we have, is that out of every three children from Christian homes who enter the university, we lose two out of three. Sixty-six percent of all Christians from Christian homes cannot make it. They can't stand in life for Jesus. That's the thing we are producing. Look at Europe. For 1,000 years, Europe was the most Christian continent in the whole world. For over 1,000 years, they had theological schools awarding PhD in theology. But today, the continent with the highest number of atheists, people who have been Christians but are now saying there is no God, is in Europe. What kind of disciples are we producing? Look at our, our, our homes. Look at our homes. Look at our homes. But I don't want to t- take the battle for Look at yourself. Look at yourself. When people meet you and stay with you, and get close to you. What kind of people do you make? Jesus put it neatly in Matthew 7 from verse 15 to 20. He says that by their fruits you will know them. Ezekiel 16.44 says, like a mother is their daughter. John 5.19 Jesus said, the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. Matthew chapter 10, verse 24, says the disciple is not above his master, and the servant is not above his Lord. Luke 6, 40, he says a disciple is not above his master, but if he is fully well taught and trained, he will be like his master. That's the truth. The truth is that we are producing people who cannot stand the times. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if our disciples are cracking in 2020, what makes you think they will stand in 2030? The world is not becoming better. It's becoming worse. That's what Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 5 says. We are reading that one. 2 Timothy 3, from 1 to 5, Paul tells us that in the last days, in the last days, character, who? 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 5. Yes. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Difficulty. For people will be lovers of self. The time of difficulty will only be because people will be back. You see, it's not that the sun will not rise and sun will not set. The moon will not... That's not the problem with the last days. The last days, people, human beings, their character will be such that 
It will be a challenge for God, for demons, and for other human beings. Because men will be lovers of themselves, and because they love themselves, they are selfish, they don't want you to have anything from them. That's what we are finding. Yes. Lovers of money. They don't only love themselves, they love money. Proud. Proud. Arrogant. They are not only proud, they are also arrogant. Abusive. A proud person knows he's good, like a beautiful girl. She knows she's beautiful. And so she, she, she looks down on other people in her mind and heart. Because she knows she's beautiful and you are not beautiful. That's pride. But arrogance goes one degree further. It means because of your particular favors, you tend to use other people abusively. Then we say you are arrogant. It means your pride has entered your mind in such a way that you don't only think and feel bigger than other people, but how you treat other people shows that you, 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 they are nothing before the decimal point. Abusive. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Of course. Of course. Your parents, who are they? Your parents, who are they? Who are they? Disobedient to parents. Yes. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Even if you cut your throat for them, they will not even thank you. They don't see it as anything. Unholy. A doctor friend of ours told us that he increases the salary of his workers. And the more he raises the salary, the more unfaithful they are. So it's not like money is doing anything to the generation. More pay, less faithfulness. Heartless. Heartless. Unappeasable. The people whom you cannot appease, when you beg them or do anything, they don't understand. Slanderers. They, they go back and choke you at your back. You are the hand feeding them. But when they turn to your back, they take a knife and stab you. That's what we call slander. Without yes. self-control. They, are, they, they don't have any self-control. They, like, they are like a car without brakes. Brutal. Wicked. Not loving good. They don't love good things and good people. It pains them that you are good. It pains them you don't accept bribes. It pains them that you are a virgin. It pains them. They, 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 don't, they hate good people and good things. Treacherous. Yes. Reckless. Swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Another love. You see, they love themselves. They love money. They love pleasure more than God. That's what the church is filled with now. There are certain topics even the pastors cannot preach about them. Many pastors have stopped disciplining church members. Because if they want to continue, the whole church will be disciplined. You see? This is where we have reached now. Having the appearance of godliness. They, they appear to be very religious. Very religious. But denying its power. But they deny the power behind religion. Avoid such people. Avoid. Now, I don't know. Because some of the roads in Ghana are so bad that we, the drivers, say you don't dodge the potholes. You choose which one to fall into. 
So now, when they say avoid such people, then you might as well leave the world. That's where we are. And they are from Christian homes. Our homes are producing lions, tigers. Our homes are producing mosquitoes and turtle flies. Christian home and back. You are born again and your child is like this. The quality of disciples we are producing. We need to take another look at it. You ask me why it is important. I can tell you many reasons. I can tell you many reasons. The first is that God's standards do not change. God's standards do not change. So, we are told that Jesus opened his mouth and said in Matthew 5.48, Be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Luke 6.36, Jesus said, Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16, Be holy, just as the one who called you, or you call Father, is holy. Because he says, be holy, because I am holy. Ephesians 5.1, he says, be imitators of God as obedient children. And Ephesians 4.32, he says, forgive as God in Christ forgave you. The standard of God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God the Father has not changed, and Jesus has not changed, do you think the Holy Spirit has changed? He hasn't. Hebrews 9, 14 says, the eternal spirit. God's standard has not changed. And the way to show us that his standard has not changed is in the New Testament church, the Apostles' Church. He killed Ananias and Sapphira for telling lies. In Acts 5, 3, 4, and 9, he killed them for telling lies to show us that his standard has not changed. Many of our countries today, we owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology on our knees because they had no Bible, but God destroyed them for Sodomy. And we have Bibles, we have Bible colleges, and we are like this. God has not changed. His standard is the same. But number two is that the days are getting worse. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 says that. If you think in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Let's read that one. If you think in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What the Bible is saying is that the way your disciple, the way your child, the way your Sunday school child feels in the university, is because the foundation itself 
was porous. So, whenever a person faints in the day of adversity, it's because your strength is small. That's it. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. Our children depart because the type of foundation and training we gave them is porous. So when they grow, they depart from it because we never did anything rock deep. Are you surprised that your disciple has gone to Italy and you are no longer hearing of him? Are you surprised? Is the work you did? The, the type of disciple you are making, do you expect him to last? We must understand that the times are changing. Things are becoming more difficult. Human character is becoming worse. So if you, you build a disciple, you train a disciple, you disciple somebody, and put him in the world market, and he faints, it's because your work has been shoddy. You didn't do a good work. If you were to do quality work, that person would stand. And I was shocked when I read John chapter 6, verse 38 to 40 the other time. Jesus, we shall read it. Jesus was saying, I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. And this is my Father's will, that anybody who sees the Son and believes on Him, I should raise Him up on the last day, and I should not lose any of them. Yes. John chapter 6 verse 38 to 40. Yes. To 40. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Yes. This is the will of the Father who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That of all he has given me, I should lose nothing. All he has given me, I should lose none. All he has given me, I should lose none. Is that your policy in disciple making? Is that your policy? Is that your principle? That all your disciples you should lose now. This is the Father's will. This is the Father's will. This is the Father's will. The Father's will is that you should lose none. You should lose none. You should lose none. If he gives anybody, any soul into your hands, you shouldn't lose the person. You shouldn't lose the person. Yes. Finish it for us. But you raise it up at the last day. Correct. Now, my third point is, you must understand that even though the times are difficult, some people are making it. Did you hear me? In First Kings chapter 19, from verse 12, there was a dialogue between Elijah and God. And Elijah told God that they have filled all the prophets they are searching for me. I'm the only one left. And they want to kill <laughs> And God told him that, let me tell you, there are 7,000, 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed their knees to God. You are not the only person. 
You are not the only person. Whenever I read Revelation chapter 14, verse 1 to 5, and Revelation chapter 15, verse 2, 2 and 3, I shake. Let's read it. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1 to 5. Then I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Yes. And I heard a voice from heaven. Instead of the Antichrist mark on their forehead, the father's name was written on their forehead. Like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder, and I heard the sound of harpies playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could hear this song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women. These are the ones who were not defiled with women. For they are virgins. For they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men. They were redeemed from among men. Being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. First fruits to God and to the Lamb. Yes, verse 5. And in their mouth was found no deceit. In their mouth was found no deceit, no lie. For they are without fault. Before the throne of God. They are without fault before the throne of God. Now, I know what you are thinking. I know. You are saying, oh, that's 144,000. I am not, I don't, I'm not in that number and I am not interested. Really? You are not interested? According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and verse 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ when He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless without fault before Him. Yes. You can read the Ephesians 1. Just verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 alone. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us not to become millionaires. He chose us not to become beauty queens. He chose us to be holy without fault. Holy without fault. Holy without fault. Holy without fault before Him. It's not the standard for a special class. It's for you. It's for you. As many as He chose in Christ before the foundation of the world. But that's not the only reason. How you are 
affects the kind of disciples you make. Should I say that again? You see, if you have not been water baptized, and you are making a disciple, the disciples say, oh, Actually thinking about whether or not I should be baptized. So it's not necessary. Even I am not baptized. You lower the standard because you, you yourself, the standard you are working with is low. Our homes, our churches, our Sunday school teachers, our disciple makers, the quality of people you produce is because you are like that. So, when they, they, they ask you a question, oh, should I pay my tax? Oh, it's not necessary. People, I'm not paying my tax. Hey, somebody told me that you should pray without ceasing. So, hey, I don't even pray. Oh, 30 minutes, cry if I pray one day, then, um, then that day I've been spiritual. Oh, all these things. You see, I actually heard somebody say on the platform that, look, you can obey the whole Bible. Look. Matthew 5.28 says, if you look at a woman who lasts after her in your heart, you have already committed adultery. Do you think anybody can obey that? He is saying it because he is not able to do it. That is all. You cannot produce a quality disciple higher than yourself. Because you, 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 you cook the rice with the principles that you know. And of course, we are all satisfied. It doesn't grieve us. It doesn't pain us. We are just happy that things are working the way they are going. And we don't see anything wrong. We don't find anything wrong. It doesn't make you shy that none of your disciples is standing. Ever since you became a believer, you can't point to one person that I disciple this guy. You see? Let's read just two people from the life of Paul. The first one is Timothy. You and I know how in Acts chapter 16 from verse 1 to 4, Paul picked Timothy. He wasn't even circumcised. And circumcised him. But listen to Philippians chapter 2. Let's read from, from verse 19 to 24. We are reading from 19 to 24, Philippians yes. chapter 2. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly. I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly. That I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Yes. For I have no one like-minded. Yes. Who will sincerely care for your state? Good. For all seek their own. All seek their own. Not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Yes. But you know his proven character. You know his proven character. That as a son with his father, he served with me in the He served with me as a son with his father in the gospel. Therefore I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with him. You see, Paul could tell Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 that 
the things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Why? Because, you see, by association with Paul, Timothy became a faithful person who could entrust in a reliable way the gospel to other faithful men. You see, Paul could produce a Titus. He could produce an Epaphroditus. He could produce people who were gems in the faith because of his own lifestyle. The quality of disciples we are making is because of how we are. Now let me quickly argue with you concerning the how. How do we produce quality disciples? How do we produce quality disciples? My first argument is we must fix our eyes on the goal. The standard God has given us is Jesus Christ. In Galatians 4.19, Paul says, My little children, in whom I travail, till Christ be formed in you. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Christ must be formed in the inside of the disciple you are building. Christ must be formed. He, Christ ma- must be the conviction, the inner conviction of the person you are discipling. Christ must be formed in the person. You see? So, what does the same Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 says. It says that as many as have been baptized into Christ Jesus, you have put on Christ as a dress. So, heaven expects your disciples to put on Christ as a dress. Not only that. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we must manage to help our disciples so that Christ will become their life. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Now, let's look at some of these passages. How did Jesus treat his disciples? The first time he met them in John chapter 1 verse 38 and 39 they were John the Baptist's disciples and they came to Jesus and said Rabbi, where do you stay? And he said, come and see. That's the come and see stage. 
Then, the second time was the Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He said, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. He has moved them from come and see to follow me. The third time is Mark chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, and he chose twelve and named them apostles to be with him. You see what's happening? He said, come and see. He said, follow me. He said, come and be with me. But what do we see in John? I want us to read that one before you believe it. John 14, 20. Jesus said, in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. John chapter 14, verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Yes. He said in John 15, verse 40. If anybody abides in me. Because if you don't abide in me, you cannot bear fruit. Abide in me. Dwell in me. And I in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. It says that you may be strengthened with might in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Christ to come and find a dwelling place in your heart. What is in John chapter 14? I want us to read the verse 23. John, John 14, 23. Verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Ah. This, this verse is one of the verses which I love most in the Bible. He says that if anyone loves me, you keep my My father will love you. And we will come and make our permanent abode, our home, our staying place with you. God the Father and God the Son will come and make their home with you. Now, this is after this John 14. We have already read John 14 and he has already spoken John 14, 17. He said the Holy Spirit is with you and he will be in you. That's it. We need to fix our eyes on the goal. The goal is Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. This is critical because when you produce a disciple who is like you, the disciple cannot stand. You want me to say it again? The only person who has conquered sin and conquered Satan 
and conquered the world and conquered death. The only person who has conquered the grave is Jesus Christ. Therefore, if you want your disciple to be an overcome, a conqueror, somebody who stands, you push him onto Jesus, then he will stand. So, Acts chapter 9 verse 1 says, Paul was full of threats against the disciples of the Lord. Let's read it. Acts chapter 9 verse 1. Yes. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Did you hear that? He was breathing threats against whose disciples? The Lord. This means Peter did not make Patrick disciple, so that John will make Johannine disciple, and Andrew will make Andrewic disciples. You see, the church is divided today because some people are for Apollos, some are for Peter, some are for Paul. Why? Because Paul cast his head this way. And you are his disciple. You cut your head this way. He puts on a white suit to minister. So you are his disciple. You are in white suit. And when you hold the mic, this is how he holds the mic. Therefore, and he uses some American slang. So you are his disciple. So you too. You know? So we are producing our disciples, not disciples of the Lord. This is why the church is so confused and so divided. Because if I produce disciples of Christ and our brother Tawam produces disciples of Christ and Pastor Selassie produces disciples of Christ and Pastor Tremel produces, when they meet will there be confusion? No! No! They have been taught to be glued, fix their eyes on Jesus that Christ will dwell in them. That they will be in Christ and Christ in them. That they will put on Christ. They have been taught to fix their eyes on Jesus. And so, as they fix their eyes on Jesus, they are all getting to become more and more like Jesus. When they meet, there is a natural bondage and friendship because they all have Jesus as their master. But that brings me to the second key. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in changing the character of the people we decide. The work of the Holy Spirit in changing the character of the people we decide. Brothers and sisters, don't let us take human beings for granted. Look, human beings are bad. Oh. Human beings are bad. Oh. Eh? Human beings are bad. Jeremiah 17 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
Romans 3.10. He said, there is none righteous. No, not one. You see? Genesis 6, 5 and 6. He says, God saw that every imagination of the thoughts of man was only evil, continually. And it pained him in his heart that he had made man on the earth. Romans chapter 7, from verse 17 to verse 20. Three times he says, sin dwells in me. Nothing good dwells in me. Dwells in me. It should, every day you get up, you should thank God that you are not worse than you are. It's not all the bad things, that's what I tell myself. It's not all the bad things in this world that I should do before they know I'm a sinner. You see, as for some things, you should say, other bracket. Human beings are very bad. And we are depraved. And on top of that, 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the understanding of unbelievers so that the word of God will not, will not reach them. The light of the gospel will not shine for them. And not only that, when we read the Bible, the Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 says, there is a veil covering our face, not to understand Moses. And we ourselves, the hardness of our hearts, according to Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 17 to 19, it makes us worse and worse. But not only that, as far as the scripture is concerned, you see, even if you take a man to stay 1,000 years under the righteous presidency of Jesus Christ in the millennium, when Satan is released, he will still get people to deceive. Human beings are incorrigibly bad. Therefore, when you are discipling somebody, it's a dream to think you are changing the person. According to the Bible, the person who changes us is Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read it. It's the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Greek word used there for transform is metamorphomai. Metamorpho is from two Greek words. Meta meaning change and morphe meaning the inner character, the inner character quality. We have to understand that to change a person from the inside so that he will desire righteousness and hate iniquity and love to become more and more like Jesus takes divine power. It is the Holy Spirit who is not only at the time you are born again, John chapter 3, verse 3 and 5, it is not only the time you are born again that the Holy Spirit comes in. He comes in to transform you, to change you into the image of Jesus from one degree of glory 
to another until you are like Jesus. The main job of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to ensure that every day, little by little, block by block, bit by bit, you become like Jesus. That is his job. That is his job. So, you don't know how to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says the Holy Spirit will help you. You are reading the Bible, you are not understanding. Don't worry. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20, 21 says that. The things written there is the Holy Spirit who moves the people to write. Therefore, he will move you to understand. Ah, you are having problem with witnessing and boldness. Don't worry. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says, When they had prayed, the place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And spoke the word of God with boldness. He will give you boldness. They say, oh, in fact, actually for me, my problem is that sometimes I don't even know what to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 says, Words taught by the Holy Spirit. He will give you words. Words he himself has fashioned for you. Second Timothy 1.7 We have not received the spirit of fear and timidity. Sometimes you want to witness to somebody and then you see that your knees are trembling. And you say, oh, tomorrow, Father, tomorrow. This uh, tomorrow, you know, actually I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. No. God has given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and sound mind. So, in every when you have a need, he, is, he stands beside you to help, to push. And the disciple becomes better and better. You, you say you don't have love. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, the love of God has been shared in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this retreat, I want us to engage the Holy Spirit more in our disciples. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Engage the Spirit of God more in our discipleship because He is able to write on the heart of the disciple things you can never tell the person. When I became born again, there were certain things in my life nobody told me to stop. I was sharing with some of your friends that dance. I used to like going to dance and Particularly smoothing numbers. Then I became born again. Then I went on holidays. And my girlfriend, hadn't seen her for a long time, from Akosombo, came to town. And there was a dance. And somebody paid for a ticket for the two of us. And I went. That was the last time my feet stepped in a dance hall. Nobody preached to me again. I knew that this place, it's not my place. I'm born. That's the last thing. You see? There are some things in your life you, can't, you, you are finding it difficult even to tell your disciple that the Holy Spirit. He can put his finger on it, turn it around, and heal you. Shall we be on our feet? Follow JFK Mensa Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.
jfkmensonministries.org. God bless you.